So um, tell me about what happened after that when you went in for brass construction two. Who decided that the records would be just you know one, two, three? Was that like a group decision or? Well, go ahead, Mick. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea why we decided well, to do one, two, three. Well, from, from, from what I remember, um, one of, like a, okay, one of our, our favorite groups at that you know also was Chicago. And I think we had to, we were trying to model it after them at first, you know? Might have been, yeah, makes make sense. Well, that, that was the original thing that, yeah, that we was talking about, you know, let's do it like Chicago and, you know, which is the Chicago one, you know, like that. But basically that's how it came about. All right. Well, the nice thing about that is you don't have to rack your brain coming up with titles every time. You know? <laughs> um, so let's think of for the next room. Okay, uh, four. Yeah. A second record um, had a few more tracks on it. Came out '76. Brass Construction Two had the hit "Ha Cha Cha," and um, what I really liked about this record, and I'll throw it out to you guys, was that it started to show more of the uh, breadth of what you guys could do because tracks like "The Message" and uh, "What's on Your Mind" show that you guys could, you know, change the tempos. You could do some more vocally and things like that. So talk to me about what went into the process of creating that second record and um, who wants to jump in on that one? Go ahead, Mick. Well, uh, creating that second record was obviously was going to be very difficult. And uh, it was difficult because after a major hit like moving, how do you follow up? And be honest with you in terms of the direction i think we got a little confused even though we spread out um i think at that time that's my opinion only i mean it's not my opinion i think we should have tried to stay a little more in the frame of the movement to to almost get even a bigger hit even though the second album was a pretty big hit but you spread out your audience right you're gonna uh isolate just those people who wanted to um say um who, who wanted more moving or that they you know you can isolate them you know they, they didn't get what they wanted they got other things and which quote unquote could be good but from a business perspective and and this is all in hindsight now mm -hmm. maybe we should have stuck a little closer to to that because that's when the disco era started to come in and we sh in movie was kind of like the start of that disco era with with the long tracks and you know but we kind of like branched out because we wanted to show everybody that we were musicians that we could play we could do other things and which was cool but in hindsight i mean i think we should have just pumped out another one like a movie. We should have kept jamming and 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 follow up in in those terms. But I'm one of nine, you know, and I wasn't the producer. But um yeah, we did some good songs on the on that second album, but no single that had the impact like moving. So um this is all hindsight though, Scott, you know. Oh yeah, no, hey. <laughs> but there were some good songs on there, you know. Uh, but. Yeah. I remember when I first heard Hot Cha Cha, I definitely was not as crazy about it as moving. 
Um, but I did like some of the other material on the record. So, yeah. Morris, did you feel, or even looking back, do you uh, see it the same way or you see it a little differently to Mick? Basically the same way, you know, um, like I said, uh, you know, the jamming, the jamming we saw, well, I guess it was chemistry, you know, you know, everybody's trying to match their first hit, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like Mick said, you know, back then the producer situation, we didn't really have too much control. And uh, that was that became another problem later on down the road, you know, because, um, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, when you, when you, you know, grow up in the business and you, you know, you have family in the business and you have the right people guiding you, you know, what the producer's job is, you know, and what's his key point, you know. But at that time, we, we, we didn't realize the power that we had. So we didn't really, con you, had, you had too much control, so, so to speak, you know, of, of the songs. And, you know, certain suggestions came about, you know, that, that we, you know, wanted to do, what's, what's, you know, taking heed to. But, but like we say, there was some good stuff in there. But myself, I felt I wanted to go more funky. You know, the, the group wasn't funky enough for me, you know, because there were some funk things coming out, which I mean, what I mean, like, you know, down south funk, even though we were New Yorkers, I always wanted to go more funky. And, and you know, so it was, it was kind of disappointing for me there because, you know, we are still labeled as a funk group. But, you know, we, we didn't have that, you know, after coming off a tour with, you know, with Parliament and, you know, hearing gaps and hearing that, you know, that's what my, my, my mind was. And that's what my feeling, that's what my heart is, you know what I'm saying? So to me, I felt like it was going up to more that direction when we started to get up, start do songs like Get Up to Get Down and, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, how do you do, you know, those, those, you know, rhythmic songs, just, you know, just. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking my language there. Yeah, you know, you just want to funk, you know, that's, that's what, that's what I really want to go. But we wasn't as funky. We, we started getting funky, though, you know what I'm saying? We started starting to get real funky. And, yeah. you know, and then, you know, when it started getting funky, little things started dying out, you know, music started changing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So when you say the producers, are you talking mainly about Randy Muller or Jeff Lane or both? Both. Both. Basically both. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, it started out, you know, I don't know how much of the history, you know, but it started out, you know, with Jeff Lane up to, you know, the sixth album. And then, you know, he wound up uh, with Randy from there on. And Randy was mostly doing the arrangements also, or did you guys chip in any of that? Well, after a while, after the first couple of albums, you know, sometimes we would we would test songs out, you know, uh, you know, rehearsals. Sometimes we 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 do other songs in jams, you know, and we get arrangements or what have you. Then we'll put them, you know, we'll, we'll add them into the mix, you know. Sometimes we we would do some songs that wasn't recorded on our live shows, you know what I'm saying? As a jam, you know what I'm saying? And take a piece of that song and add it in. Right. Know? So, guys. Um the third Sorry. record, Brass Construction 3 in 1977, that track, Love You, was one of my favorite Brass Construction songs. 
Um, yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but man, it was so catchy and infectious when I first heard it. I thought it was going to be a really big hit. I thought it was going to be a bigger hit than it even was. I'm not sure why it didn't cross over and become a super big hit, but it certainly got a lot of radio play in Los Angeles where I grew up. And um, it was kind of different because really the guitar was out front. Um, can you talk to me about the making of that song and what you remember about the third album? Um, I had Vic. I don't remember. I just, I just remember that that was one of my favorite songs, also. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about uh, oh yes, we love you, right? Yeah. Scooby Doo, Okay, love you. <laughs> okay, because there's about three songs we love. I want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, songs. Yeah, that's one of our favorite songs, and pretty much we always use that song sometimes for our hunk call. Uh, it's, it's one of the songs that Joe Wong, uh, pretty much came up with some phenomenal guitar playing, uh, on, on that song and one of the solos he did. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it was, it, it got a lot of pop play and again, um, that, you know, how the music business is funny. I mean. We gained some pop fans, but then we lost some funk fans from that song. That song is funky, I gotta tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we play that song to this day. We It's always been on our repertoire when we do shows. So that tells you that, yeah, it you know, we did 10 studio albums, so that's a lot of songs. And that we always play that song on live shows. So yeah, I, I think it's a great song. How we came about uh, recording it. Again, it, when we submitted songs, you know, to the producers, you know, at that time, Jeff Lane, you know, you, there's usually eight songs on a song and an album. And we might submit 20 songs or 30 songs. So it's, you know, the producers pick the songs and that one was picked. I think Muller liked that song too, so that 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 that's how we got in on that album. But uh, definitely different song. Uh, I I think the key key to the song was the the, the guitar playing. I think you know that uh, that made it uh, stand out. Uh, the changes, the solo, and uh, the catchy line. Oh yes, we love you. You know. So it's a good song. It's a great song. It's even as uncharacteristic in that it was uh, like the length of a pop song. It's only three and a half minutes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I think it might, who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into Jeff Lane's head or Sid Moore, uh, the managers at the time, but they always wanted to try to cross us over. And maybe that's what they were thinking. It's a, it's a great crossover song. I think also is even uh, one of Randy's best vocals too. Yeah, yeah, that too, that too. Yeah. You get a strong vocal on that. Yeah. I, I got a little story to share with you guys. And that is um, around that time, Brass Construction came to play the Roxy on Sunset Boulevard. I don't know if you guys remember that experience. Yeah, I remember. Okay, I, I, I had my ticket to go see you guys. And right when I was getting ready to do that, I got a horrible flu, like 102 fever, 
and I was too sick and I had to give the ticket to a friend. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I've almost never missed any <laughs> concerts and I missed it. And I heard from that friend that you guys just blew the roof off that place. And then the topper was you have one of those cool white brass construction helmets. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, we, would, we would give out, we would give out the helmets and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. We always, we always have them, you know, around. You know, I'll tell you what, man. I have some left. I'm gonna give you one. <laughs> you see if I got. Well, what is that? Uh, Thirty-one years later. No, no, no. We still have them. We still, we still make them. We still give them out. Oh, okay. But I'm saying so, for me, that's like, yeah, it's forty years or something. Wow, that'd be yeah, something. Yeah, we 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 uh, give them out at all the shows. We still. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there he's got it. That's great. And we, and we do white ones and yellow ones and different <laughs> colors now. <laughs> Very cool. Now that record you guys also had, uh, Wake Up, which was Wake Up World, different kind of track. But you know what? I I, I I like that track. You know, I think it showed that you guys could do slow and still not, um, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, sort of sell your soul. Right. Yeah. Right. We 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 tried to to, to be versatile. We have a lot, lot of uh, different uh, types. Wake Up World is, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of, a lot of uh, compliments for that in terms of shows. A lot of people want us to play that. Um, but again, I mean, through you know, sometimes the problem we have when we do live shows that we've accumulated so much material now. You know, over the course of uh, ten live albums, it's hard to pick. <laughs> You know, you can only put a certain amount of songs in a show. Sure. But the ones, the songs that you you, you come up with, Scott, are, are definitely uh, bring back memories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you did your homework there. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, a lifetime. Um, yeah. I noticed also on that one, um, Mick, you have a writing credit for Top of the World. Is that the first writing credit that you got? Um. I've written a few few songs for 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 brass construction, but that that did pretty well uh, on top of the world. Uh, me and me and Joe Wong off Wong wrote that one. Um, but yeah, you know, I, yeah, I I, I I did a few few of the songs through the uh, on on different records and so on and so forth. You know? Yeah, but. Uh, you know, in, 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 a, in a large group, there's always, uh, you know, there's only a certain amount of songs get in an album, you know, so it's always difficult to get, um, you know, your songs on, and you have to go by what the producers say, but that, but they, they love that one, the uh, top of the world, yeah. You were saying uh, before, Morris, that, you know, some of the tracks, tunes came out of sort of jamming, which happens a lot with bands. When that happens, does it get kind of dicey deciding who gets the writing credit? Well, that was the big problem, um, one of the problems. And um, it seems like now we're getting into the, 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 the meat of this interview where where the, the, <laughs> the truth and rhythm is really come, about to come out now, you know, the colors about the show. Because um, that was the thing with moving, okay? Um, we all were supposed to get writer's credit for moving, okay? Randy got maybe 50% and he wasn't even there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
So, um, so we supposed to. There's 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 lines where I used to jam on the piano. You know, there's 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 plucking, which you know I find up it's in a song and I don't get credit for. You know, so but basically, what 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 we used to do is a couple of guys get together and start jamming their songs and then present it. That's the only way basically we would get credit. We have stopped basically jamming, you know, like, okay, come on guys, let's make a song all together. We, 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 have, we, we never really did that. You know, so a group of guys would get together, whoever had an idea you bring it to, you know, one of the guys in the group and he helped you out with it or he helped you put it down and he would get credit, you know. But they, basically that's how we worked later on, you know, after, after like, you know, from the third album on. Mm -hmm. what, what would you describe the atmosphere like when you guys were in the studio at the height of your success? You know, was it real, like a lot of joking around? Was it all business? What was it like? Ooh, um, at times it was joking, at times it was all business. It was, it was a mixture. Um, you know, we really, we just became ourselves. You know, we were just ourselves. Uh, myself, I wasn't used to, you know, know what, what you're supposed to act like in the studio because basically the only other really professional studio I, you know, I was in was BT Express. And it was basically just like ours, you know. You know, Jeff Lane was in charge and, you know, he was a clown at times, you know what I'm saying? So he was a jokester. So, you know, he, you know, but, you know, it was fun. It was fun. At, in the beginning, it was fun. Like I said, you're about to get to the meetup. <laughs> All right. Fun. Let's keep going. So Brass Construction 4 and 78, uh, Get Up was a, was a cool track on that one. Um, how do you feel about that record? Did you feel it was up to the level of what had preceded it or, you know, what, what happened around that time? 78. Oh, uh, you're talking about get up, get up to get down. Well, the titles, I get mixed up. Um, Me too. Get up was on five. There was just a song called get up on four. Get up. It was the first track. Let your body move. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that one probably. Let's get dancing. Okay, yeah, because uh, again, there's some of, some of the songs, the yeah. titles are similar. Uh, on 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 four, Fast Construction four. Yeah, to me, I felt like four wasn't quite as strong as the other three. Right. On on Brass Instruction after the third album, it started to change a little uh, in ways that we would record, like. The first three albums or so, in the old days, we would all get together, we would jam, we would, we would kind of like, you know, shoot ideas off each other. What changed, what started to change was, is that guys would just uh, write a song, you know, with, you know, and I'd present my song uh, in terms, so Randy would just write a song and then I'd present my song. He, he didn't really, you know, bounce it off the guys that much at that time, you know. He, you eventually do, but less collaboration. Right, right, right. Before it was, we always bounce the song exactly. off each other. What do you think? What do you think? Oh, let's move. Let's take this out. So that's how it used to be done. It was like very democratic type of band. But then it started to get more. Well, I'm going to do it like this, and this is my way, and and that was it. So, so that's where. Um, I think that some of the uh, the tension started, you know, 
uh, as being a musician, you know, you 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 want to musicians like to be uh, included in in the creative part source of uh, the projects, and then once you're kind of like isolated out, uh, you know, you, you you feel a little uh, you know down on that, you know. So uh, I think that's what um, started to happen, and when we were at four now, right? Around yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Funny thing is, I felt like I felt like five um, bounced you guys back a little bit because okay. five, five and seventy nine had right place and get up to get down. Mm -hmm. um, those were a couple of pretty strong tracks, I thought. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like with right place, I mean, I mean, mean way quote unquote wrote that. But again, the guys helped us with that because we we jammed on that. Exactly. We jammed on it, you know, and, um, you know, we threw the ideas back and forth. Um, and then, it seems like, seems like the hits, you know, is when everybody, you know, what made you feel good was when everybody, you know, we'll say everybody, when somebody brought together an idea and then we just build on top of it, you know, that that's that's the way it's basically our forte. Like, changing the subject a minute, we have about 25 tunes now that we did democratically, you know, talk about the new brass, you know, after, you know, the, the revive and thing, you know, and those songs are great. And we all still listen to them and they are funky. I'm Scott, when you hear them, I know you like the funk, they are funky. And then they got a little class to them. I mean, definitely unique, unique stuff, unique funk. And till this day, I haven't heard nothing on the radio like that. I listen back to old songs of, of groups, you know, when I'm reminiscing. I still can't hear nothing like it. I said, well, maybe if I think back, you know how you, you create a song and you say, well, wow, does that sound like anybody? Where did I get that idea from? And then you think back or somebody hear it and they say, you know what? That reminds me of an old, you know, blood sweat. They only found the old cool in the game. That reminds me of an old comedy. You know, nothing. So if my friends, they hear it, it don't remind them of nothing. They just say, man, that's some new funk. And that's the type of stuff that we have. You know what I'm saying? But that's the type of stuff that we would have created if we would have kept that same path, you know, of guys collaborating. Because that back then the guys were growing. We were growing into ourselves. You know, some guys, okay, I admit there was season, which I wasn't, you know, I was just finding myself. And then once I started finding myself, I knew where my feeling was. And then I started, you know, creating. But the thing about it, you couldn't really bring in, you know, I mean, guys, of, of course, writing, and having your your album, your, your song on the album was two things. Number one, money. And number two, popularity, you know. And of course I like both of those, but in order to compete, you know, trying to trying to get in, you know, I just said like, you know what, later for it. This is myself personally, you know what I'm saying? Later for it. And I wouldn't I wouldn't contribute unless asked. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of backed down because myself, I didn't like what was going on. You know, I didn't like the vibe. You know, after a while, what was going on? So I just, I just stood away basically, and played and did, you know, did my part, you know, and, you know, and you know, my I, my forte was basically on the stage. You know, I let loose there. Well, speaking of, of the stage, um, at that time, at this point, you guys were at the height of brass construction, late eight, uh, late seventies, early eighties. What was uh, the, the stage show like for the band at that point? Did you have much choreography? 
did you uh, headline some shows where you play full sets or did you play more constricted sets? What was going on at that time for your, your touring? T touring, we was always considered a very good band to come and watch when we toured um, because, you know, we, 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 we have a lot of energy. Uh, we have different um, skills within the band, you know, that can be uh, that can be put out there and uh, can be featured, you know, guitar playing, keyboard playing, um, you know, street street funk, and then all of a sudden we could go jazz, <laughs> you know, or we could go Caribbean calypso style, you know, uh, or we could go boom ballad. So. We, we were very versatile in our shows. And yeah, we, we headlined some big, big shows, uh, especially in Europe, uh, where, where um, whenever we go, we usually always was the headliner. And, you know, when, when we uh, played, we, I mean, we played some big festivals, you know, back in those days, you know, Gastonbury Festival, you know, 20, 30,000 people. Uh, we've, we've played, uh, we played, uh, a, a, a lot of a lot of big big concerts, big shows all over in the United States. We did it all in Apollo, Madison Square Garden, uh, in, in 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 your town in California. You know, we did uh, Oakland at that time, Coliseum. Some of these places don't even I don't think they're up anymore. Right? Uh, mm -hmm. it, we did Oakland. We did uh, big shows in um, L.A. Um, but again, usually. We get great reviews from our shows, so so we've always had that going for us. That when audiences come out hey, to see us play, happened? they will um, enjoy the show. Well, well, let me say, let me add something to that. Well, Scott, let me let me tell you, just like I would say, I was saying about the songs and the jamming, you know, and what made you know and contributing. You know, with each members of the band, really made it. Make us kind of be a little modest, then. But you tell you something. Back then, nothing could stop our stage show. I don't. I think we had one of the hottest shows. And to think about it, we never had a choreographer, and we never. I hate to even say this on air, but we never had a practice choreograph. But we were so choreographed and tight. What we would do is like everything else. What made us. We would jam, so to speak, choreography on stage. I would look at Mick, and he would do a step. If I liked it, I would do that step. Jesse would do that step. And we it became, we were, first of all, we were touring so much that if we did a change of step in a show that day before, we had it tight the next day like it was choreographed, like we went to rehearsal. You know what I'm saying? So that's what creators, Mick would do a step, and I liked it, and I added a little step to it. And then it became a spin, you know. So we knew at that time, at that bar, you know, after those two beats, we're going to spin right there. And we would spin. And I mean, that made it. It was unique. We knew that at this bar, we would jump, you know. Like I said, no practice. You know, it was something that we made up on stage and which became part of the show. Each each night, we, we add a little something, add a little something. So yeah, could be so, different. Yeah. Yeah, by year two, I mean... I'm not one to brag like that, but let me tell you something. We we were tight. We were tight. And 
He's, if you watch some of the Soul Train, right, which we was constricted with Soul Train, we we had to go by, you know how they take Soul Train with the record, and they want you to do this, and we not, you know, you're not really playing live, so we was tight. But you see some of the, that was just a little taste of the stuff that we used to do, you know, I mean, we used to do flips and all kinds of stuff, which guys wasn't doing back then, you know. It was organized but unorganized, you know what I'm saying? Because each night, you may do something different. You know, sometimes I get on top of the speaker. I want to jump off the speaker. So we put that in the show. You know what I'm saying? We had a part, you know, where Randy, was, he fell on the floor. We put that in the part. You know what I'm saying? You know? I mean, it was almost like the five heartbeats. You know, we, we had a fight. We put that in the show. You know? So it was that type of thing. We just added added as we went along. And like Spot I said. Yeah. 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 Imagine yeah. that nowadays. You don't see yeah. it. Yeah. But, but again, just to, 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 to finish up with that, but uh, again, we had individual soloists who could come out and do their things. You know, Joe Wong was a, was a great guitar player soloist. Randy Muller, you know, would, would come out and do different things on his flute. You know, you get to the point where he would actually play play a, a, a bottle, like a Coke bottle, you know, like a flute, and, you know, a lot, a lot of little things, you know. Uh, Jesse Ward would do some magic stuff. He was into magic and he would flip fire and this and take. <laughs> we, had, we had some stuff going on. Primitive, but it worked. Yeah, you know, okay. you know, flash boxes. Back in the days, you know, he was that. We, we, gave, we gave a good show and we still do a good show. Is there a show or an experience from the road from back in the day that you can share with us that? You know, really is something that's an amazing memory. Um, I'd like to hear from each of you on that one. So, um, who wants to jump in first with a road memory? Oh man, uh, good or bad? <laughs> or good, or, good or bad? You know. Well, my my memory is this: it shows you how you know. But we're young guys, we're horse playing around. We have a show with uh, Parliament Funkadelics. Me and Joe Wong. Joe Wong was a guitar player. And we got horse playing around, so we started to arm wrestle. And arm wrestle, and I'm pretty strong, you know. I, like I said, I was a musician. We're arm wrestling, and he's going at it. Wait, he's going at it. I'm this, is, this, this is an hour arm. before the show. Hour before the show. Bam! I broke his arm. <laughs> he's the guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can imagine, right? Uh, you know, so what the heck we got to do now? But, uh, at that time, um, you know, we, we, we adjust. But at that time, the uh, what uh, the roadie used to be with us, uh, our, one of our road managers, uh, uh, Tony, Tony McConnell. He used to be one of the musicians who used to hang out with us at the basement, like I was telling you earlier on in the interview, from the from the neighborhood. He used to play, want to play with us and blah, blah, blah. So he knew everything we did. So, but he was our roadie, so we put him in, and he looked just like Joe. Nobody knew the difference. Wow! So, <laughs> the same, you know, same haircut, the same, the same, the same, same face. We just didn't give him the solos and stuff. But you know, it was like I, that. Always like sticks out in my mind, and it's been some other craziest stuff. That's pretty crazy, Morris. Do you remember something else that, that was unforgettable? Well, you know, um, it's a few things, but. One of the things that really, um, okay, one of the shows was in New York, Madison, uh, not Madison Square Garden, that that was fight too, but it was at Shea Stadium 
you know what I'm saying? And they had all these bands, and it was like amazing. You know, the Commodore, Shaka Khan, uh, um, the Isley Brothers. Uh, oh man, it was a big show. It was something like 50, 50, oh, well, he overbooked the stadium. And and they were looking for him for the insurance purposes. But he's, it was like 50 something thousand people. It was crazy. And, and you know, maybe not particularly us, you know, but I remember that's that whole show. It was just amazing, you know. And I, that was our first big show in New York also, you know what I'm saying? So it felt good, you know, to be like, you know, to say and to be in a big stadium like that, you know, which was one of our biggest crowds. You know, I think I think that was our biggest crowd, except for the Glastonbury Festival, which was about you know, you know, three hundred thousand people, you know, back back then. But I think that was one of our biggest concerts. That's the one that stick out in my mind. You know, um, you know, there's other other little things. You know, there's other little shows. You know that we did that. You know, but that's the one that comes to mind right away. That that's so particularly there, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Did, did you guys do any TV besides Soul Train? Yes, we did TV shows. We did pretty much, uh, at that time, we, we, we did uh, Don Krishna Rock concerts. We did, uh, you could jump in price. We did pretty much all the, the TV yeah. shows. That was American Bandstand. Uh, yeah, exactly. We did American Bandstand. Um, you know, we did, we did some English shows. We did the Top of the Pops. Uh, uh, what's this other guy? Uh, oh, we, we, we did, uh, uh, what's the talk show? Uh, yeah. Mike Douglas? Mike Douglas. Mike Douglas. There you go. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we did some TV shows. We, we, we did that circle. You know, when you have a number one record, you know, you, you get a chance to do, to do that. Um, I we did stuff with, with Disney also. We went to Disney to play at that time, and they had one of the kiddie shows. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a lot of kids. And yeah, I think it was Slime and Dew and all. You know, I forgot what show that was, but it was on TV. You did a kids program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember that was. It was a Disney something yeah. back then. They were just starting out doing TV stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Now, um, back to the records on Brass Construction 6, which got you guys into the 80s. Um, I was looking at that, and I didn't see uh, Randy's name anywhere on the song credits. What what happened at that time with the group? Well, listen, um, that was basically Jeff Lane's last album as producer and, you know, and definitely manager. And Randy kind of knew it, knew it. He felt out, you know, they fell out, him and Jeff Lane fell out. And he felt that he wasn't gonna contribute nothing, you know, no more albums, no more songs, you know, to Jeff Lane. So Scott, you know the business, you might know it better than us, you know. You know, the, the, the songs mean money, you know, um, the publishing, you know what I'm saying? Jeff Lane owned the publishing. So that means Randy's songs would go to Jeff Lane as publishing. And he basically felt like, you know, he wasn't giving Jeff Lane nothing else, you know? Um, and maybe he felt like he wasn't giving Brass anything else, you know, at that time. We didn't know at that time, you know? Uh, we just knew that, you know, he, he was basically Jeff Lane, you know? 
And at times we thought it was us too. But as we realized that, you know, um, at future shows that we, we, we wound up going in the deal with Randy Muller, you know, with production. But basically that was that was the problem right there. You know what I'm saying? Your your song Do You though let off the record, right? Yes. Well, and you know, talking about they're talking about the um uh um uh what you the war, that's that's uh, the, the 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 harmonica player from war that's playing. Lee Oscar? Lee Oscar. Yeah. 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 Now, which one of you modeled that cover for six? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it was really me. <laughs> I knew I knew that buff guy had to be one of you. Yeah, I wish I could get that buff. <laughs> that was a mystery. Mystery. So you guys came back and you could tell there's definitely a change because for the first time you had an actual album title with attitudes, right? Yeah. And um, it was on a new label. Um, so a lot of changes went on, on then and no Jeff Lane, uh, Randy back in the mix. And, you know, how were you guys feeling about things then? Did you feel like it was a fresh start? Uh, going back then, we thought it was going to be a new start. Uh, we had went through some issues with the band back then um, in terms of the direction. Uh, so it came out that Randy Muller was the producer. He got the title producer. So he, it was pretty much up to him what was going to be on the records and not going to be on the records. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would have to say that um, uh, he kind of like took that over. He wanted to go into more like a synthesized type sound, you know, that back then, you know, the synthesizer and this and and do more experimentation with uh, guest vocalists and, and that type of stuff. Uh, you know, so at that point, you know, after sixth, seventh album coming, I'm now a different name. You say, let's give it a shot. You know, see what happens. So you get on, you get on board. That was that was my perspective of it. You know. Well, can can you see the light? Did pretty well. Right. That was yeah. a good good song. Good song. Um, attitude was another one. Right. Um, attitude. Attitude did did pretty good too. Um, you know, we 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 got more involved in it in terms of. Um, trying to develop a newer sound because that was a, that was the whole thing is we 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 got we got to change we got we got to develop a new sound so um again I, I out of that bunch there those are the two songs i like from that album yeah you remember both <laughs> and that was you know the that was it for me in terms of you know if we wanted to expand we should kind of like keep it in that that frame in mind because now you're talking about now rap is in now yeah it's a different and i and, I, and me personally at that time i was doing a lot of house music uh you know with another partner of mine dj animal and you know i was clubbing and trying to promote songs 
you know, uh, with a small label called Sleeping Bag Records, was just, you know, doing that dance music. So I, I, me personally, I said, okay, guys, I, I'm with you all the way. But my interest was trying to develop my own thing at the time. That's just me personally. Well, and around that same time, I know um, other associate acts, at least with Randy, I'm not sure if you guys were involved with them at all, was Sky, who was on the show. I had the ladies and also yep. Solomon Roberts uh, was on. So, um, and I think Cameron, did Randy have another yeah, group called Cameron? Cameron? Yeah, yeah. Um, so those things were jumping off. Um, Morris, did you have any involvement in any of those things? No, not at all. I mean, not involvement with, um, you know, recording, you know. Of course, uh, the girls probably told you the story of how we met, of how they got into Sky, and, you know, they was part of, you know, Grass, and, you know, basically, you know, Jeff Lane didn't like him per se, and then, you know, then, then with Sal, they put together their group. That's their story, you know. What I'm saying, but we didn't, we didn't actually have any you know, too much involvement with that because you know Solomon and Randy wanted to do their own thing. That was at the time where you know things started to get kind of rough, you know, with the relationship with Randy and you know and Brass. So he kind of kept kept that little distant, you know. And at that time, for transitioning from from Jeff Lane to Randy. Um, that was the time that it, in a normal sense, you know, um, I would have stepped off or the average person would have stepped off. And like Mick said, he started doing his own thing. I started doing my own thing. So everybody, not everybody, a few guys started doing their own thing. A couple of guys backed out, which in Wayne Paris, he just walked out. He said, Listen, you know, uh, I'm going back to finish my school and, you know, you know, become a technician. He did that, you know. Um, you know, Wade Williamson, you know, did a few things around, but he, you know, he was out. So, so, but, you know, I said, listen, if I get out, they're going to have to put me out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I stayed around, you know, for the live performances, basically, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't like going to the studio, didn't go only when I needed, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I barely was doing do, do some vocals, you know, here or there. You know, only time they would catch my vocals is when we there and they doing horns and they say, okay, let's add a vocal in, you know, because it wasn't fun. You know, I didn't I didn't like that whole Randy production situation. You know, I tell it like it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't have happened, but we let it happen, you know. And um, you know, and and to till this day, you know, it, it became it's it's a problem because, you know, Randy became a problem. You know with that situation and so you know but to let him us into his other projects there's only a few guys you know that he let in that door you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so it's it's a shame it sounds like you guys kind of became more like you were an in integral group members and then you sort of became like almost like hired guns later on yeah yeah, yeah. but um but yet the, um, you know, hit songs kept coming for the band. I mean, in 83, Conversations had Walk in the Line. Right. And did right. pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I guess you guys must have had some mixed feelings about that. That I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, no, the songs, the songs, down the songs, the songs was good. Like, that's one thing that, you know, I, I would always give 
till this day, you know, um, like I said, with Randy, you know, you know, being talented, if he had something good, you know, it, it was fine for me, better for me, you know what I'm saying? And those songs, the two songs you mentioned, you know, I've liked them a lot, you know what I'm saying? And I thought they were fine, you know, songs, you know, one, just one of the better songs, you know, on the, on the album. But, you know, it was, it was, it was fun. And, and I mean, even with, you know, and, and, and Mick talked about this, the, the way sounds and music was changing then with all the synthesizers coming in. Yes. And so many of the uh, BACs dropped their horns and they were using the synthesizer horns exactly. that Prince really pushed with the Minneapolis sound, which yeah. worked great for him. But, you know, I hate to see the horns go on, you know, almost all of the funk bands uh, dropping right. horns. Um, so to be still coming up with like funky hit songs into the mid eighties was not very common. And even with Renegades, uh, you guys had Party Line, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, so somehow by Hooker, by Crook, you're still getting hit songs and staying, you know, on the charts and on yeah, the radio. We, 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 we hung in there uh, again. Uh, how many years is it now? Uh, we, we came from 75 and we're up to what now? 10 years later? Yeah, it's a yeah. ten-year run, seventy-five. Yeah, years. Right, right. So, so we're older now, you know, uh, and uh, we we just decided to get along just to get along. So uh, when time comes for us to play, we would go in the studio, do our thing, add what we wanted to add, and uh, then we, you know, we we let at that time Muller, you know, do his thing. That's that's basically. What's my my push on it? I mean, Price can speak for himself, and the other guys may want to speak for themselves. But uh, we were still coming up with some good songs, and uh, I think that if we'd have just uh, you know try to move with the changing of the times, it might have been better. But again, I wasn't the producer, so uh, yeah. But that's that's it. Yeah, we started to come up with a few few uh, chart toppers and uh, we're already on brass construction seven or eight or whatever. <laughs>